home of Arizona Cardinals football. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Burns and Gambo, Big Red Monday, Crosstalk. Our final hour of the show, live from the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. And then, of course, after us, Burns and Gambo, uh, as always, on from 2 to 6. And Gambo's joining us right now for some big red crosstalk. Gambo, what's going on, man? How was your weekend? Boys, good. I'm down. It was, the World Cup was amazing. I mean, that was unreal. Uh, that was un, it was an unbelievable game. You know, I had to follow that up with the Cardinals. But I, I, I was on the edge of my seat the entire match uh, between Argentina and France. So that was outstanding. We're down at the Fries today, down in Phoenix. We haven't done remotes like this since like before the pandemic but we're down right across from the footprint center at the fries today so we're going to do our show from here so i'm looking forward to that so johnny i just got to ask you this quickly because i've heard from so many people it was the buzz on the plane actually coming home last night but um were you a soccer fan before this world cup yeah yeah especially rooting for italy you know um you know where my dad's from and where i got married and have so many relatives there aunts uncles so i always root for italy in the world I don't follow it... You know, like, you know, my cousin likes Juventus and, and Roma and, and Messina because we have family from Sicily. I don't follow the Italian league as much. You know, my daughter obviously played soccer out here, won a bunch of state championships. That's and right. was a Division One uh, college soccer player on a full scholarship. So I've always really enjoyed the sport. But, man, I, I, same thing. Like, Wolf, I, I got to the gym this morning, and, you know, the Cardinals played, ASU played, U of A played. I mean, it was a – man, no, nobody was talking about anything but the World Cup. Like, yeah. I couldn't believe yeah. – I'm at a gym, and everybody was like, oh, my my God, you see that World Cup game? I couldn't believe the excitement that everybody was talking. Nobody was talking about anything but the World Cup when I got to my workout this morning. I, I have to it. think that's going to be the best soccer game any of us ever see when you, when you consider what yeah, was on the line. You know, and, and, you then, and then everybody's saying like, "Oh, you, you, we shouldn't end in penalty kicks." Like, I get it, but you know, you can't like you can't run those guys five hours. Like, you know, you, there's no line changes. You know, you can't you can't just have these guys. They'll be dropping dead on the field. I mean, it's an exo- it's a gigantic field. It's an exhausting game. So I I don't mind it. Like, I get it. You don't want it to end in PKs, but um, oh, what an incredible game! Down two nothing. France ties it two two. Argentina goes up 3-2. France ties at 3-3. You go to PKs where Argentina's got a clear advantage because they're more skilled with those set pieces like a penalty kick, and they and they end up winning it, and, and Messi and, and, and Bappi. Oh, it was an incredible game. I couldn't believe totally. how great it was. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, on to the Cardinals game yesterday and another injury to another quarterback and another loss, and it just it feels like we're just hitting repeat each week now, uh, Gambo. And, and, and it's, it's, to me, impossible to look at this team without thinking – big picture. Who's going to be the GM? Is it going to be the same coach? Who Are you taking somebody? Are you going to have a top five pick? Where does your mind go with this team right now? Yeah, well, firstly, my only thoughts on the game yesterday was that's a game Wolf would have loved. Punt, 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 punt. There were like six Beautiful. in a row. Special teams guys just die. Can't that's wait. Right. Let me get Defense get me out there. in special teams. Get John. me out there. Get me out there. They're punted again. Here we go. Let me wedge bust. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I know I'm sure you would have loved that. Um, you know, I didn't like the Colt McCoy quarterback sneak. You know, when you've got your backup quarterback in and, you know, a quarterback sneak right there, I didn't understand that. Like, you know, hit the ball of James Conner on when you got one yard to go, quarterback sneak, he gets hurt, concussion. So I didn't really understand why you would do that with Colt instead of just handing it to Colt with to James Conner and, and try to keep your quarterback uh, healthy. But I, 
I, everybody, listen, this is all about, you know, Steve Kime, and, and they're probably going to make a change here, and there's going to be a new GM, and do does that GM then give Cliff a year, or do you just fire Cliff and bring everybody else in? Look, there's going to be mass changes. I expect that there will be a lot of changes. Make a, it's up to Michael, but I would imagine that he's very fed up with the way the season is gone, and that he's got no other choice but to eat, you know, all of that money over four years that he's playing, paying Steve and, and Cliff and move on. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I would imagine that he's getting a lot of pressure from a lot of sides to make those changes. Yeah, you know, once again, Johnny, I, I don't know um, the things that you know, of course, right now, but do you think of Quentin Harris and Adrian Wilson, these two, is there any possibility that if, in fact, Steve Kime is done, that they would have a co-general managership? Do you think that's that has any possibility whatsoever? I, I would tend to think not. They haven't gone outside the organization for a GM hire in forever. Like, that, you know, I think Buddy Ryan years, like that's how long it's been since they've gone outside the organization. I think there will be pressure to go outside the organization. Uh, even though you like these guys and Harris and A-Dub and, you know, they've, you know, they've, they've never been in another organization. They've only been in the Cardinals. They've only been under Steve Kime. I think people would probably be somewhat upset if they just stayed the course with that instead of going out and getting somebody with a proven track record of success that could come in here and, and change things because those guys, listen, nothing against those guys, but they both have just been here and they both have been only under Steve and, you know, a lot of people are going to look at that as more of the same mm-hmm. if they decide to go in that direction. Gambo, there was a conflicting reports on, on a timeline for Kyler Murray yesterday before the game and it just kind of, you know, amplifies the fact that nobody knows exactly when he's going to come back. Not now, not in the middle of December. No. How are you handling that situation this offseason? Like, are you adding a quarterback this offseason or, or what are you doing? Yeah, I'm going to get Jacoby Brissett. I mean, I want a proven guy. Now, listen, I mean, the end. this is the NFL, guys. I mean, if they go 4-13, and 13, they could easily turn it around next year and get to the playoffs. We see it all the time. Look at the Lions this year, right? Um, look, look at the Rams. They won the Super Bowl, and now they're terrible. So this is the, these are not five-year fixes anymore. You have a good draft. You have free agency. Look, I can't wait to see what they're going to do with that draft pick, if they could trade it and get a boatload of picks. But I've got to, I don't know how long Kyle is going to be out. And I've talked to his agent, Eric Burkhardt, and you know, they, you could sit here and come up with a time timeline, but it's it, it, everybody heals differently, and we just don't know. So if it's po- it's possible that he could miss some games. So I would go out and get a, a a veteran quarterback to battle with Colt McCoy. I still like Colt, and I'll bring him back. But if I could go get a Jacoby Brissett, somebody of that caliber that could come in and that is very capable of of playing four and four to six games at a high level and giving me a chance to win. I don't want to punt on the season next year. If I if I you know if I do the right things in free agency in the draft, it can make this team better. So you've got three games right now. Well, what if Trace McSorley goes out there and plays in these three games and actually does an excellent job? Are you going to bring Trace McSorley in as that guy along with Colt McCoy next year? Yeah. I mean, Wolf, you know this from having played. I mean, the, the last games of the season, when a guy's out of it, you really find out a lot about the makeup of a player. Yeah. You know, the character of a player. Um, there are guys that are going to play very – they're going to be guys that play, you know, in the team concept, and there are going to be guys that go out there and play as an individual. 
residual because I want to pad stats and get their next contract. This is an unbelievable opportunity for McSorley, and maybe he's very capable of, of being a quality quarterback. You know, I was watching the Giants-Washington game last night with, with, with Heineke, and they were just talking about his, his journey and how he got to where he is. So, you know, if you give somebody an opportunity, a lot of guys, they never really make it in the league because they weren't given an opportunity. So for him, yeah, I absolutely I will. I mean, that's one of the things that I'll look forward to over the next few yeah. games. How many reps will he get? How much will he play? I imagine he's going to play on Christmas Day with the concussion protocol with Colts. So, yeah, I mean, you got to give him an up. If he goes out there and he balls for three games, you can't be like, okay, I don't want this guy anymore. Right. Yeah, you know what? There might be a spot on uh, for you as the backup or a number three quarterback here. Gambo, thanks a lot, man. We'll be listening to it, too. Thanks, Johnny. All right, boys. Take care. All right, that's Gambo joining us for some Big Red Cross talk. And, and just to follow up, this was Gambo's tweet at halftime yesterday on what he was just saying. Uh, he said, what a half of football. Field goal, punt, punt, interception, missed field goal, field goal, punt, 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 fumble, field goal. Yeah. That was the first half. And I found myself watching or thinking, much like he just said, I think Wolf would like this half of football. It's bloody knuckle football right there, man. It was pretty mistake-free, too. For a large in the part first of that half. first half, yes, yeah, not the second, not a lot of flags all over the place. I'll, I'll, I love that man. I'll take that all day. Well, no flags all game. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins got like body slammed waiting for a pass, and they didn't even get pass interference. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, Red Hot Chili Peppers, are heading to State Farm Stadium May 14th with the Strokes. Tickets are on sale now, but you can win a pair of tickets by heading to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. We come back. How did the Suns follow up their Pelicans performance tonight against the Lakers? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wham, bam, slam. Whoa, oh, wow. Sun's Day brought to you by Coco 5. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hi, welcome back to the show. Yes, Cliff Kingsbury will join us in a half hour. Yes, again, I will put this out there. If you missed Kenny Dillingham earlier, I thought he was great. That was at 11 o'clock. You can uh, find it on the Wolf and Luke podcast. But uh, right now, Wolf got to talk some basketball because not only did the Suns have the game that they had, and I guess to be fair, really the game Devin Booker had on Saturday. I mean, we can't just gloss over the fact that they did fall behind by 24 in that. But uh, but Booker had the 58-point game. That is the sort of game that you might look back later in the season and be like, hey, you know, remember the Suns got off to a decent start and then, you know, they had that five-game losing streak that Dallas started and they were getting blown out by Boston and back-to-back losses to New Orleans and in a stretch of seven games, they lost to Houston twice. How did that end? Oh, that ended technically, I guess, with a win over the Clippers, but how if it ended, like if they go out there and win against tonight and they get rolling again, we're all going to look and say, oh, it was that 58-point game by Devin Booker. And we've seen Devin Booker have huge games before, Wolf. Yeah. But when you start to get up in that range where it's like 58 points or like that 70-point game, that 70-point game is a loss. Yes. It's different when it's a 58-point game in a win over the team you're kind of chasing right now, or at least even with. I was talking about this earlier in this show, but it means so much to me as a former player. Um, Once again, to be going up against a team that is your nemesis on Saturday night, the New Orleans Pelicans, and we all know why they've become a bit of a rival. 
with the Phoenix Suns, and suddenly you've lost two games to them consecutively, and you didn't look good in the process, and now all of a sudden you're down 24, and you could lose your third consecutive game to them? I guarantee you, man, that would have postseason ramifications. If they were to meet in the postseason, the confidence level from the Pelicans would be sky high going into that series, and you have to wonder where the Suns would actually be. That's how important this game was to me, because I know the way this stuff works on the brain. And then you've got Devin Booker, of all people. He's the one that explodes. He's the one that goes off in this game. You're down 24 points, and your superstar said, not on my watch. This is not going to happen again. Not on my watch. Give me the ball. Get out of the way. 58 points. Man, I'll tell you, so much of the time you need order. You need structure in a locker room. There is a pecking order. It is a hyper-aggressive alpha male room. Devin Booker is the alpha. Well, <laughs> no doubt. And definitely what you were saying about the the mental landscape it creates if you get blown out by New Orleans on Saturday when you I think eventually meet in the playoffs, even if it doesn't hurt the Suns confidence because I think they would be fine. They've got the, the you know the next whatever 5 months to figure that out, 4 months. There's no doubt it would do something for New Orleans to be like, "See, they couldn't have beat us in the playoffs if we had Zion. See, this will we'll, we'll get them this year. Like, you don't need New Orleans going into that series that confident. Now, I'm not saying if they meet in the second round, New Orleans is going to be like, well, we lost that game back in December, so I guess we have no chance. It's not that. But it's just, you don't want to prop them up that much. And the other thing is how many times since basically the game three of that Dallas series have we seen the Suns fall behind in a game and it's just okay that's it yeah, you know? and I don't mean exactly. fall behind by four but I mean like no. in a game hey there's a huge deficit you're down 15 16 down 24 now they had to come back against Dallas in the opener this year but for the most part it's yes. been hey you're down I guess we'll just see in a couple nights we'll yes. play again Exactly right. That's an, that's an excellent point, and it's one of the reasons why. These are habits that you're training right now. These are habits, man. And if, in fact, you would have lost that game to the Pelicans where you didn't come back, let's just say you didn't, and it was another embarrassing loss, Um. oh, yeah, you better believe you are giving a lot of aid, comfort, and shelter to your opponent, especially if you're going to meet them again in the postseason because you're done. You be done in the regular season. They'd have a 3-1 advantage, and not just 3-1. They would have won the last three games that they played against you. Like, aha! Now we know how to beat the Phoenix Suns. Just like the Dallas Mavericks know how to beat the Phoenix yeah, Suns. We don't need, right? you don't we don't need, need multiple teams feeling how about like that? that. Not one, but two teams. That would be in the postseason that are looking really, really hard at you and doing it favorably. If you could guarantee that the Suns made it out of the Western Conference this year, okay? If I if I could come to you, Wolf, they're going to make it out of the Western Conference. Let's just go over the top here. Which three teams do you want to play in order? It wouldn't it be Dallas, New Orleans, and Golden State? Yes, yes. If I could guarantee you, they're going to win all three. Ding ding ding. We have a winner. The reality is. 
that might be what you have to go through to get to the Western Conference. Very good chance you would play Dallas in the first round. Dallas is probably a play-in team. Um, even right now, they're ninth. That's I think a lot of us felt like they were probably a play-in team at the start of the year. But the sort of play-in team that if you had to play them in one game with your season on the line, they do have Luka. Yeah. So you figure there's a decent chance the Suns meet them in a best of seven in round one. Pretty good chance you play New Orleans in round two. You can't have both those teams feeling like, oh yeah, we got the Suns figured out. <laughs> That's awful. You can't do that. It'd just be horrible right there. And I do know that this is the kind of stuff that gets inside of an athlete's head, man. A lot of them right now. And you're like, hey, Wolf, what are you talking about? These guys are confident. And yeah, you're right. They are. They walk around. They are confident dudes, man. There's no doubt about that. Yet at the same time, they are realists as well. You don't build this pie in the sky. Oh, we're so much better. We're so much better than they are. Really? Who are you trying to convince, dude? Go out and ball. Do your job. That's what it's got to come down to. And stuff like this does get inside an athlete's head. Well, you can't tell me or probably any Suns fan after games three, four, six, and seven against Dallas that Come stuff on. can't get in a professional athlete's yep. head because the Suns by the end of that series looked like, can we just get off the court because Dallas has us figured out. It was the weirdest thing I've... It's probably the weirdest thing I've yeah, ever just, seen in sports. Just even think about against the Pelicans, though, on Saturday night. Think about that. What if they won that game going away the same... What if they did? Come on, man. There's no way in the world you're ever going to be able to convince me that, okay, we'll see you in the postseason. Yeah. <laughs> right? We'll show you. Exactly. If you lose three games in a row to them. In the like way eight that days you did, or nine exactly, days. Yeah. I, I, don't tell me that that wouldn't have some type of residual funk on the Suns in the postseason. The way these games, just the way the schedule was set up. It, it's, Especially with no Brandon Ingram. It's Yeah, well, and that's what New Orleans would point to. We just did that without Brandon Ingram. And we beat you three times. For the Suns, in a five-game stretch, they played New Orleans three times with Houston and the Clippers in there. That's the closest you're going to get considering the opponent and the way the schedule was kind of glitchy right there where you can almost treat it like a playoff series. Yeah. What would happen if we were playing New Orleans and they, they hammered us in the first game and you know they got us in the second game? Would we be able to respond? We've heard Monty Williams, we've heard James Jones both say that those types of games in the regular season are important to them against those teams and those situations. Situations. And you're right, man. If they had just lost that game by 24, what would we even be talking about today? Be like, okay, we need a break from how bad things have gotten with the Cardinals. Let's talk about the Suns. Who I, lost I'd be like, who is D-Book dating? Oh, what? <laughs> okay. Now, for tonight, I don't think they could lose 15 games in a row. You've never asked that question. Um, no Devin Booker tonight. Should pass that along. That is courtesy of the Suns. They okay. have said he's out tonight with he's a groin. Out. You're out in favor. Groin issue. DA, though, part Participated in shoot around, so there's a chance he's back tonight. Which uh, I'd like to see it. Can't wait to see it. Pat Bev in DA on the court. Just clear everybody else out. You know what? Right now, um, it's going to be really interesting. If I'm Pat Bev and I'm the grizzled veteran, I'm going to go up and try to make peace with DeAndre Aiden before the game, and then just treat him like dirt during it. I feel, I feel like that. that is coming. I, yeah, yeah. I think a lot. I think Draymond Green would do that. 
I don't know what Pat Bev thinks. Interesting. You're right. Uh, Pat Bev may shove him before the game. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come Blast back. him in the back. I mean, would you put anything past Just Pat Bev? Seriously, you're right. I can see him out there arguing with the actual basketball before the game. Uh, could Kyler Murray be ready for week one of next season? Isn't it great? Here in December, already talking about next season. Some people think yes. Other people say probably not. We'll give you the latest on the Cardinals quarterback next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Love you, bro. Love you. Love you. Let's do the best. Let's do the best. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. All right, Cliff Kingsbury is going to join us in about 10 minutes, Wolf. When we were talking to Gambo earlier this hour, he brought up what I think is a, is a pretty good point, and I'm sure something we'll talk about more <laughs> the rest of the season and the offseason. But um, you know, teams turn it around quickly in the NFL. You can do it, both both for better or for worse. Look at the Cardinals and Rams this year, both going in the very wrong direction. Uh, but it's not – anytime somebody's like, oh, you know, it'll take three, four, five years to rebuild it, that's not the way it works in the NFL anymore. You can – turn it around quickly. The issue, one of many for the Cardinals, I would say the overriding issue, is there's so much uncertainty now with your biggest positions like GM, even coach, and now even quarterback with Kyler Murray. Yeah, no, it really is um, right now. You know, where do you begin, Luke? When you mention that, where do you begin? Well, let's let's begin with um, with the reports from Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport yesterday morning. Schefter tweeting out: Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray projected to be able to recover from his torn ACL in six to eight months, putting him on track to be ready for the start of the 2023 season. Per sources, that's Adam Schefter. That's yeah. not that's not. Right. Hey, I'm trying to start my own blog, guy. That's, that's Adam not Schefter. Me. <laughs> reporting. <laughs> that's not Ron Wolfley reporting? No. Okay, so that's Adam Schefter. Here is uh, Ian Rappaport, though, on NFL Game Day Sunday. Kyler Murray is out for the season with a torn ACL. My understanding it is a clean ACL tear, no other ligaments involved, but he does have associated meniscus damage. He's going to prehab for about two to three weeks, then have surgery, probably around New Year's. Faces a nine-month recovery, which means there is a chance, I would say a real chance, that Kyler Murray is not ready for the 2023 season. Okay, those are not the same thing, guys. No, that is not. There's a little crossover in that it sounds like it was a clean ACL tear, which is a good yeah, thing. right. But the whole, hey, yeah, it was six to eight months or probably not ready for the start of the next season, that's okay. not the same, guys. So Shefty said what? Six to eight? Six is that what you're saying? Months. And then Ian Rappaport said nine months because of the meniscus. And a very real possibility he's not ready for the start of next season. <laughs> what does Ian know? I mean, I... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ian. We only go I'm with optimism here. Ian, exactly. Um, for me right now, uh, this is something that I've talked about many times um, since it's happened to Kyler Murray. But nine months typically is where that's my center point when it comes to an ACL. Nine months. Look, are there guys that actually do it in eight months or sometimes even sooner than that? Like they get over it in seven months, maybe seven months in a week, whatever. Yes, there are guys that actually do that. 
they are far and few between for the most part. Now, are there guys where it takes them 10 months typically? Yeah, there are. There are guys that are slow healers. Which one is Kyler Murray? Uh, We don't know. What we do know is this. Nine months is a safe bet. He might be back sooner than that. And if he is, we're all going to be so happy. Give me the baton. I'll lead the parade at that point in time. (laughs) Right? If he isn't, though, you got to be careful on this one right here. You know, you got to be careful because everyone heals at a different rate. Well, and there's there's a lot on the line here. And not that they would ever rush him back, but you can't rush him back. And when you talk about the the return date, I think it's ridiculous to even try. He hasn't even had the surgery yet, so it's it's pointless to even try in the middle of December. I get why people are trying to do it. And you know, for the Cardinals internally, at some point this offseason, you're going to need something close to certainty. I don't know when you'll ever actually get that. I mean, even in April, are you ever going to be like, oh yeah, okay, we know for sure. The surgery was four months ago. We know he'll be ready for September. I, I don't know. But beyond just when can he come back, we eventually have to ask the question, too, of when can he come back and be Kyler Murray, right? Yeah. If he comes back and it's like, yeah, he, right. he wasn't really himself for the first two months. And you're not going to know that until the season starts. That's why that moment in a season of awful moments is is the most impactful for the Cardinals on the field because on Monday night of last week, it was like, yeah, it was like the football universe said, you're having a miserable season. Here's a shot at next season, too. Yeah. That's basically what that was. Yeah. So if you're the Cardinals now, you you just kind of have to wait and see with him. There's probably going to be a million changes around him, though. Yeah, you know what's really interesting, too? When you look at the timeline and you think to yourself, when could we possibly see Kyler Murray? You're, you're thinking of September, right? You're thinking September. That will be the start of the season mm-hmm. right there. Nine-month mark will be around September. Um is he in training camp? Is he? Of course, he's going to be in training camp, right? And not only that, um, he he would be practicing probably on the side at that point in time, right? Doing a lot of individual stuff. Probably no preseason games, but he wasn't going to play them anyway. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> And maybe you knew exactly where I was yep. going on that one because I was like, okay, and this is what we got to we got to ask Cliff as well. If you're going to change something, could you possibly change everything? Like how you approach preseason, how you approach training camp, preparation as well during the week. Uh, you know, is there a possibility you might change everything? And maybe all of a sudden, you know, Kyler Murray, if he heals quickly, really quickly. Quickly, would you ever run him out into a preseason game? I can answer that question forever, <laughs> right? Zero percent okay, chance. What if he changes though his whole philosophy about saying yes, we're going to play starters in the preseason? We're not. I'll tell you the one thing we're not going to do, Luke. We're not going to do exactly what we did last year. That's the one thing. I we hope know they don't because not, nothing this year works. I'm being a little facetious here, but you get my point. I think you even if see, Tyler wasn't hurt, he wasn't see, playing in the preseason. You could see the conundrum. Yeah. Yeah, it's one conundrum on top of another conundrum. And, you know, you have the reports out there. And Ian Rappaport was one of the people saying this. There's a story on CBS that they're probably going to move on from Steve Kime. That hasn't happened, but that's out there. And, it's again, it's not out there from just randos on the Internet with, you know, parody accounts. It's it's supposedly what's actually going to be. Uh, either way, there's uncertainty at that position. There is, to a certain extent, uncertainty at the coaching position anytime you have a season like this. And now there's uncertainty around your quarterback position. So it's... Yeah, it's 
it's not just a bad season. It's a bad season that really sets you up in a very strange way for next year. The 2022 college football playoff semifinals coming to State Farm Stadium December 31st, featuring number two Michigan, number three TCU, as they square off for the first time ever in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. So head to the contest page now on ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win a pair of tickets. We come back. What went wrong in yesterday's game, according to Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury? He's going to join us to talk about it next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Your home for everything Everything Cardinals. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. In the red zone with Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Presented by Earnhardt Hyundai and Ford dealers. No bowl since 1951. I'm seeing some of the stuff that uh, that James Conner just said in the room next to us. Obviously, we can't hear it, Wolf, while we're doing the show. But uh, a lot of questions to James about how to sort of hit that reset button from week to week because he's still got three games left this season. Those three games all are meaningful to the teams you're playing. Tampa's playing for a playoff spot. Technically, Atlanta's still playing for a playoff spot. Yeah. San Francisco's going to be in. So you're, in terms of a, quote, easier game facing a team that had nothing to play for, that ended yesterday with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, you know, one of the things you mentioned, James Conner, I'm sorry, and just see as soon as you mentioned him, just the class act that he is. Uh, the leader that he is as well um, it makes no surprise to me whatsoever that James Conner is talking about finishing strong and you know wanting to go out and play well yeah they're knocked out of the playoffs there's no reason to go out and play well but that's not James Conner is there he's going to go out and give it everything he's got I, I love that the the line again I didn't get to hear it but just paraphrasing was it's all about resetting week to week not pointing the finger and doing your job to the best of your abilities. If I told you that, wouldn't you say that was probably James Conner that said something like that? Yeah, there's no doubt. The guy is a team leader through and through. All right, we're joined now by Cardinals head coach uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff, thanks for the time as always here on uh, on Mondays. Just when, when you come out of that game yesterday, um, probably the way you would expect the first half to go with that defense and, and the way your guys' defense uh, plays as well. But um, when you came out of that, what, what was your main takeaway of something that you would have changed if you could have? Yeah, just not turning the ball over. Uh, in, in those situations to give them a short field when we knew um, offensively they'd been struggling some. Uh, that was something we didn't want to do and unfortunately we did. Um, and that, that hurt us. I thought defensively kept us in the game early and just got tired late. Uh, we had a bunch of three and outs kept on the field offensively and, and obviously Colt uh, going down was was tough. Um, but that, that's that's the game and we got to be able to step in and continue to play. How is Colt doing today? He's in concussion protocol. Uh, feeling better today. I'm not sure if he'll be back for the game or not, but he, he definitely was improved today. Cliff, did he, did he actually black out on the field? From what I've heard, yes. Um, haven't got the exact diagnosis, but uh, apparently that, that did happen. It looked like that, you know, being around a lot of concussions, unfortunately, in my life. It looked like that, and he kind of toppled over. But what I loved about this guy is he walked off the field. <laughs> did you get any insight on that? Why he did that? Yeah, I think he just came two apparently and, and they try to get the cart and he's like that that's not happening and that's he's a tough tough 
kid, um, tough player, and it's unfortunate that that play happened. You, um, you know, teams lose quarterbacks, obviously, but for you guys to lose one on Monday and then lose Colt, you know, you lose Kyler Monday, you lose Colt in the game on Sunday. Even if he's back next week, you lost him in the middle of the game. Do you have to? Do you have to gather the guys for a second and be like, okay, now things are kind of changing again? I mean, how are your guys responding to this? Yeah, you know, it's been a crazy year, and. and each day they've shown up and, and been professionals and worked hard and, and tried to uh, get better as, uh, collectively and, and so I have a great appreciation for, for that but uh, it's not easy we, we gotta you know this week if Colt can't go figure out what we do best offensively and, and try to be better How did Trace McSorley actually play in the game when he came in? Yeah I thought there were times you know uh, the scoring drive was was good I thought he, he handled himself well made some nice reads but the, the turnovers we can't have in those yeah. situations just uh, can't happen and Got to get that cleaned up. Talking to Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury on the defensive side of the football, seven sacks. J.J. Watt leading the way with that. And, uh, you know, I, I understand, you know, who knows who will or won't be here at that position next year. But what has he done for those guys like Cameron Thomas and Zach Allen and even some other guys on defense? Uh, I, it's been incredible to see. I mean, you can see it in Zach's progression and, and the production he had this year. Just uh, the approach to the game, uh, how he studies it, how he, he knows offensive linemen are going to pull before the ball's even snapped. I mean, he, he's been tremendous. Uh, and then to, to watch him play like that in, in a game um, where he knows we have a third-string quarterback in, he knows probably not going to the playoffs, and, and yet he's still playing at that level. It just says everything about who he is. Cliff, it seemed like early in the game the plan was to get the ball out quickly, to throw the ball a little bit more than actually run the ball. Is that correct? And if so, why? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, they, they have a good front, and, and we want to try to get the ball in space early. They're playing a lot of zone coverage, a lot of too high. Um, coverage where we thought we had some some holes in there, um, weren't able to execute at times the way I would have liked. But uh, you know that's that's a good defense, and, and they're playing at a high level right now. I know you're trying to win these last three games. How much are you also evaluating guys for next year? You know, I think that's weekly, um, whether you're in it or, or not. But there's some young players that um, are getting an opportunity to play because of injuries, and uh, we want to see them continue to take the, the right step and, and play at a high level, and um, you know, show what they can do. So you had your 10th iteration of a starting offensive line in 14 games. Um, how did they play? Uh, they battled. I mean, it, it was tough um, at times. Like I said, there's some great pass rushers. Gregory is one of the, the best in the league. Uh, he was, it was tough coming off the edge, but just hard to get a rapport with that, that group right now, um, the way it's, it's changed. But week in, week out, they've played hard and, and given us a chance at times. We've just got to be more consistent collectively. Is, uh, is DeAndre Hopkins still talking about that play? in the end zone on the two-point conversion. That's, I know you can't say much, but I can. That I Typically, you see that called, and he was not happy. He wasn't. Yeah, I think he, he felt like he deserved that one. Um, and, and maybe the, the ref's angle was tough, but um, usually he, he'll get that one. Cliff, I consider Steve Kime to be a friend of mine, and um, it's a distraction to me as I'm sitting here broadcasting. Um, how much of a distraction is it to you, may I ask? Yeah, Steve's a close friend. Um, you know, we, we want him to be healthy and happy, and, and that's really the, the main concern. But it's it's been a year of distractions, and, and um, you, you hate that for your players when you're trying to win and you're trying to right the ship. Um, seems like things continue to come up, but once again, I have to compliment their prof- professionalism, how everybody in the locker room has, has handled this. Have you ever at any level experienced a year like this? This is pretty unique, isn't it? Yeah, I have not. I have not. Um, 
seems like each week, uh, you know, something else is, is popping up we're dealing with. But um, much respect to the players and, and their attitudes and continue to uh, show up and handle their business. When you think of it offensively, defensively, whether it's preparation, whatever it may be, Cliff, um, do you look at it and say, we've got to reimagine and we've got to re- reevaluate everything that we do going into next offseason? Are you at that point or are you just like, this was bad luck? Yeah, I mean, there's always things you want to do differently. There's no doubt, but but I don't think it's a, a whole revamping of the systems. Um, we've had a lot of a lot of injuries in key positions that um, you know have hurt some things schematically that maybe we wanted to do or could do better. But there's definitely things um, collectively that we have to be better at. And, and first and foremost is um, you know playing cleaner football and especially in, in key moments. You know we've had opportunities to win games and things have come up that uh, haven't allowed us to do that. Talking to Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, Cliff, we just James Conner was just out there talking about you know hitting the reset on a weekly basis. You got Tampa Bay coming to town on Christmas night. It's Tom Brady obviously fighting for a playoff spot. How do you guys approach that game with the way the last couple months have gone? Yeah, we, we want to you know play our best football these last three weeks, and uh, no better way to, to start than that. Um, you know, Christmas night, national TV, playing the best quarterback to ever play. Uh, there's a lot of familiarity with you know Coach Bowles having been here, and a lot of members in, of his staff, and obviously Coach Arian. So. Um, it's it's a very meaningful game to the Cardinals and this organization, and um, it's a great chance to honor you know your family and, and the people that helped get you here as a player uh, playing Christmas night with all of them watching at home. You haven't got to a point where you're actually reflecting on the season yet, have you? I mean, are you are you sitting around with your coaches talking about what happened and what went wrong? Are you you haven't gotten to that point, have you? No, no, you don't have time at this point. You know, it's it's uh, just on to the next week and trying to game plan and and you know game prep and and really with some of the guys we've had out. Hey, how, where can we fit different guys and mm-hmm. personnel it and make sure that we give these guys a chance to to be successful? Cliff, we appreciate the time as always. Good luck on uh, on Christmas against Tom. Thanks, fellas. All right, thanks a lot. That's Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury right there joining us as he does every week after the Cardinals game. And, uh, you know, you get Brady and you get the Buccaneers coming to town. And, and I said this earlier, but just as a as perspective, Wolf, the Buccaneers are going to host a playoff game. And they have two more wins than the Cardinals. So think about how rough this has been yeah. for the Cardinals. Tampa Bay has two more wins. But it's Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady in prime time. It's Tom Brady in a game they still probably feel like they need to have. I'm not sure anybody else in that division is ever going to win another game. But it feels like Tom Brady and the Buccaneers need that game. That's going to be tough on Christmas night. Yeah, can you imagine, too? I mean, that's going to be a nationally televised game right there. Mm-hmm. Okay, some of the executives, I'm sure, yelling at each other at this point in time with a 6-8 and eight team, the Tampa, even though it is Tom Brady, of course, and the Cardinals having the kind of season they're having right now. I think those executives are probably yelling at each other right now about tonight's game, which is Green Bay and the Rams. <laughs> and <laughs> ask any of your football friends today who's on Monday Night Football, and I'm guessing at least half of them are like, uh, I, the Colts? I don't know. It's like It's good. a forgettable game at this point, although you'll still be watching and you'll love it because it's football and it's a blood sport. Yes, especially if it's close. It will be. Played well. Three to two. I don't, know. I don't know that it'll be Come played on. well don't tonight. Don't need a bunch of laundry all over the field. Alright, uh, that's going to do it for us here today. Thanks to Aaron Maloney for producing. Thanks to Jesse Morrison back at the studios for Wolf. I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
listening to In the Red Zone with Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Presented by Earnhardt Hyundai and Ford dealers. No bowl since 1951. Your home for everything Cardinals. Arizona sports. The local sports leader.